That's Dylan and JT on Out of Bounds with Dylan James. We're going to be talking a lot about football, basketball, baseball, soccer, hockey, a lot of topics tonight. We sure do. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode two. Two. Dos. As they say in uh, most countries who play soccer. That's right. Yeah. Or they can say do if you're French. Do, yeah. Do. <laughs> I don't know if any country says do, but I will. So anyway, there was a lot that went on this week, especially the NFL draft. That took up a lot of headlines. But you know what? We found some good headlines past the NFL draft, too. Yes, going into the draft, Dylan, there was a lot of craziness. Uh, of course, you know, we did our mock draft on Wednesday for our, our previous episode. And the way we thought the draft was going to go on Thursday, well, let's just say it didn't go according as planned. Because I think me and Dylan both thought this was going to be a very defensive draft. But apparently, Dylan, the NFL had other ideas. Completely different plans from what we had. And you know what? The good thing is, though, we had one pick correct. That's right. We had Miles Garrett going to the Browns. Cleveland Browns, you find it. You listen to me. You listen to us. Exactly. You actually picked the correct pick with the first overall pick in the draft. Congratulations, Browns. Yeah. Woo. Woo. Good job, guys. Browns fans should be happy with the draft, too. They were graded pretty high in the draft. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. Um, but, yeah, it was a great draft. I, I think it was very exciting to watch. The first round was trades galore. Yes, of course, Dylan, and I have to say, we have to start with the Bears. I don't get it. What were they thinking? I don't get it. You traded like three future first round or draft picks to trade one spot, just one, to get Mitchell Trubisky. We're going to look at, see what they gave up. But, hey, I got to give credit to John Lynch, man. I mean, hey, you trying to put some scare attacks on the Bears? Hey, we got guys calling us. They want a quarterback. You want this pick? You better give us something. And the Bears, they decided to break the bank. Literally. They broke the bank. Literally. Very hard. Yes, Natalie. Yes. They broke the bank (laughs) to get that number two pick. And the thing is, he's not even a proven quarterback yet. He's played 13 games in college, and that's the only tape they have on him. This kid is is wet behind the ears still. Not only that, Dylan, we also saw in this draft that, you know, like with the Bears situation, Mike Glennon, you know, they gave him a three-year contract. So obviously that plays out. But we also saw basically the, the big trades were teams trading from down below like the Texas and the Chiefs to come up in the draft in the first round to get quarterbacks. I mean, you're telling me Trubisky and Patrick Mahomes got picked over my boy Deshaun Watson? What's up with that? I don't get it. He's he's a proven winner. That's the biggest thing. With Clemson, with that program, he beat Alabama. He beat the best college football team probably in history with the Alabama offense they had and defense too they had a solid team last season and Clemson came home and took the championship away from them and Deshaun Watson didn't even get picked in the first 10 in the top 10 picks it's absolutely absurd but in this trade this crazy trade that the Bears had with the San Francisco 49ers the Bears got the second overall pick that's all they got from this trade and the San Francisco 49ers they were pulling a Tennessee this year They got the third overall pick. They got the third round pick, the 67th overall pick. They got a fourth round pick, the 111th overall pick, and a 2018 third round pick. So they got three guys out of this trade. Definitely, definitely. And the 49ers, what they did with those picks and the picks they got coming in the future, it looks pretty bright. I think John Lynch is going to turn that team around pretty quickly. It's looking that way. Yeah, it is. It's definitely looking that way. So, the Browns picked Jabril Peppers towards the middle of the first round. Um, With that player, they decided to 
announced they're going to use him on offense and defense mm-hmm. instead of him just being a safety for the Browns. What do you think of that? No, I think it's brilliant, especially for the Browns. You know, they've been bad for a couple of years. You can only go up from here. And remember, the Browns, they have like 12 picks next year. So they could really kind of struggle. Maybe I would, I want to say maybe get four or five wins this season. You know, probably be uh, still in the top 10 for next year. And they have a bunch of picks that they can just trade up. And they could still get, you know, decent picks for, for, for next year. And I think they're going to commit to um, Orlovsky. That's their quarterback right now. Yeah, yeah. Or I'm sorry, Orlovsky. I think that guy retired. <laughs> Osweiler. <laughs> there we go. Brock Osweiler. Well, I mean, until they <laughs> can get rid of him or whatever they want to do with him. But, yeah, they, I think that Osweiler will be the starting quarterback day one. Definitely, definitely. Speaking of starting quarterbacks, so the Texans, the Bears. I'm missing somebody. Who am I missing? Texans, the Bears. Who else took the quarterback in the first round? Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Okay. Well, well, Chicago said, Bears. Oh, I said Chicago. Yeah, Chicago Bears, Houston, Houston Texans. Oh, that's right. The Chiefs. That's who I was missing. The Chiefs. That's who I was missing. And they traded up for the, that quarterback, too. Yes. So, anyway, as I was saying, yes, those teams, they're saying for now that they're going to stick with their veteran quarterbacks. But come on, Dylan. Do you really think by the time we get through the preseason, those veteran quarterbacks are still going to be starting in week one? Of those three teams, which team do you think will have a rookie quarterback starting at least halfway through the year? The only quarterback that I could honestly say that I could see going halfway through the year would be Alex Smith. Because the Chiefs, you know, they're in a that the AFC West is very competitive. You got the Chiefs, of course, you got the Raiders. The L.A. Chargers, and then you, of course, have the Denver Broncos. So the Broncos kind of going through their phase right now. You know, you have the the Chiefs, you know, hanging in there. I think the Raiders, with all the moves they made this weekend, and, you know, getting Derek Carr back, Marshawn Lynch, you know, I think that the Raiders are going to still be the top team in the AFC West. The Chiefs will be right up there, so they have to compete. The only way I could see Patrick Mahomes maybe getting any time is if Alex Smith gets hurt. But he's the only one that I feel confident that will. I know the Bears think, oh, Mike Glennon, he's going to do it. Well, come on. I give him at least six games. If after six games he's struggling, because you know Chicago, they got no patience, man. If they're doing bad, they're going to be boo, boo. Well, you, you say they have ski. no patience, but at the same time, they had Jay Keller for how many years? Well, that's true, but Jay Keller kept throwing the ball to the other team. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. So that's one that I don't think it's going to be much time. And, of course, Savage over Deshaun Watson? No. No. I think Sean Watson will win the starting job. I think he will, too. Uh, I don't know why they would come out so early and say that Tom Savage was going to start over a national champion in Deshaun Watson. I don't know why they would do that. There's no reason for them to say that right now that Tom Savage wins the job. That's the stupidest move the Houston Texans could make. I know the Tennessee Titans are happy they said that because we would much rather like to... uh, to verse Tom Savage versus Deshaun Watson, because I don't want to see Deshaun Watson on the field, but it's going to happen eventually. Might as well happen this year. Oh, of course, of course. And you got to have a plan B. And quarterbacks is you know a very high value position in the league these days. So, which team won the draft this year? That's really tough to say. Uh, I think. A lot of teams did really well. I think the Browns did really well with their draft. I like what they did. The San Francisco 49ers, uh, with the moves they made, I like what they did. I really like what the Oakland Raiders did. I'm sorry. The Oakland Raiders. There we go. There you go. So, I like what they did. The Jaguars, I was surprised actually were giving them like a B or a C, especially the guy, D.D. Westbrook. They got uh, Leonard Fournette. They got some other players. So, and then they rolled with the Titans. Our Titans, they made some good moves. They did. I, I agree. They did make some good moves. I think that overall, I think the Cleveland Browns had the best draft simply because they did the right things with their draft picks. They had a lot of draft picks in this draft, especially in the first round. Three first round draft picks. 
picking up Miles Garrett, picking up Jabril Peppers, picking up David Njoku, the tight end. Uh, I, I think they had a solid draft. They addressed many key areas in their draft. And, I mean, they even picked up uh, the quarterback, Deshaun Kaiser, from Notre Dame. So, I think that having all those pieces in place, you know, you have Brock Osweiler as your quarterback, of course. I mean, you have pieces for him, but if Deshaun Watson needs to step in, I think he has the the weapons in place on that team to step in and be a successful quarterback moving forward in his rookie season, even in his rookie season, not even his sophomore year. So I think Deshaun Kaiser could bring a whole different feel to that team if they started him. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure they're probably going to start him halfway through the season. Definitely, definitely. So uh, former Browns tight end Gary Barnage might be going to the Broncos. The reason why is the other night when he got dropped by the Browns uh, during the first round of the draft, they announced that he was getting dropped. There were players from the Broncos actually tweeting out saying, hey, Gary Barnage is available, Broncos brass. We should pick him up. So there are a lot of players in Broncos land who really want to see Gary Barnage in the Navy and Orange. So my question to you is, do you think that will happen? It's certainly a possibility. It's too early to say right now because there's a lot of rumors going on. And you know how it is with trades. You know, they may have a proposal, but if he fails the physical, oh, well, you're back where you started. So I more than want to say, I'm kind of one of those people that are like, I believe it when it's like official from Adam Schefter. Because, you know, Adam Schefter, he seems to know a lot about everything that's going on in the NFL these days. So as soon as I hear from him, that's when you know it's going down. Or Ian Rappaport. Of course. Of you course. know, at Rap Sheet on Twitter. I followed him <laughs> the entire draft, whatever. It's fine. Uh, Jake Butt is collecting on loss of value policy that he put out on himself after he tore his ACL this past season. Mm-hmm. He, the whole policy was worth $2 million. Oh, wow. So what happened is he started first started collecting money at $10,000 a pick, tax-free, in the middle of the third round, okay? Mm-hmm. He slipped down to the fifth round. He was the first pick in the fifth round. So he's going to be making about $543,000 tax-free from insurance pretty much because he slipped in the draft because of his ACL injury. So he's going to be a very a very wealthy man walking into the Broncos facility and... It's a huge deal for him. He's getting a lot more money than he was thinking he was going to. But you think about it, he could have been making a lot more money on his first-year contract if he hadn't gotten hurt. Definitely, definitely. So that's going to be very good for him. He's going to have a very good payday. It's, it looks like it's going to be about uh, 900 I believe it said $900,000 he'll be making. Uh, that's About $900,000 is taxed. That means the Orange Bowl injury cost Jake Butt around $2.8 million for how far he dropped in the draft. So, good and bad. He'll be making some money back, but not as much money as he would be if he was in the first round or higher in the first round because he is actually a pretty good tight end. He just needs to work on his blocking skills when it comes to um, run protection and everything, but I think that he'll still be a good tight end with the Broncos. It's a good fit for them, so... It was a steal getting him at fifth uh, in the fifth round, first pick overall. So in hockey news, let's start over there. The Predators suffered their first loss last night of the postseason. I already cried. Don't ask me. It was upsetting. We lost by one goal. We shouldn't have lost the game in the first place. We had 23 penalty minutes last night. 23. Wow. Shouldn't have happened. But it did. But the good thing is Roman Yossi, one of our defensemen, said that we have another level that they haven't even shown yet in the playoffs. So my question to you is, do you think when we go to Nashville, we're going to win both games at home? Mm, That's a tough question, especially because Jake Allen's been doing so well for the Blues right now as of late. And you have... Tarasenko, he was killing you guys last night. He had two he goals had two last goals, night. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game winner late in the third period to give the Blues the, the tie to series. So I, I personally think that it's going to be another 1-1 series at home. Preds get one. I think they'll win. They'll respond and win game three tomorrow night. 
And then I believe the Blues will bounce back in game four. And it's going to be a best of three. Yeah. But I don't know, man. With the way these playoffs are going right now, who who knows what's going to happen. I, 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 would, I think if the Preds can somehow get past St. Louis, that's going to be a good matchup if, if they play Edmonton. Speaking of Edmonton, they won 2-1 last night against the Edmonton, or Edmonton, excuse me, the Anaheim Ducks. They did. So They're two up in the series right now, two, two games in the right series. Now, uh, Justin, Mike, what what's going on with your Ducks, man? What's going on? So the Ducks, the Oilers, I don't know, they said that young youth, uh, Cam Talbot. He, the young youth. He's just been making saves all over the place. He had like 40 saves last night. For the um, for the Oilers, and the Ducks, they just couldn't get anything going past them, other than that one goal they got. That was well, it. Well, the thing is, a good thing for Anaheim, a good thing for Justin and Mike over at work. Um, they did go down two games last year against the Nashville Predators, and actually tied that series, going to a game seven, lost in game seven, but they have learned their lesson since then, and they're a veteran team. They're a playoff team. They're a playoff caliber team. I think that if any team can come back from a 2-0 deficit in a series, I think Anaheim is that team. Um, Another story that came out of the Nashville game last night, speaking of the NHL commentators and such, because we all love the NHL commentators, um, Mike Milbury uh, from NBC actually made comments about P.K. Subban during the pregame, saying that he should stop playing around He's a clown on the ice. He shouldn't be dancing around the ice. He, um, Peter Laviolette, the coach of the Nashville Predators, should wrap him on the head um, to get him focused on the game and the series. What do you think about these comments? I don't know, man. It, to me, they sound like a bunch of Nashville haters, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. It, it, it's it's pretty awful, too. Maybe he's just upset because he's probably a Blackhawks fan, and he's probably better than you Most sweat. likely. <laughs> I mean, it's all those analysts picked Chicago in the first round. We all know that. Oh, come on. Jeremy Roenick, he played for the Blackhawks. Of course he's going to pick them over Nashville. Of course. Of course. So that happened last night, too. That was a huge story. Mike Milbury should apologize for the comments he made because it was definitely uncalled for, the comments he made. And it's it was just ludicrous. That's all I have to say about it. It was it was absolutely ludicrous. I do not like NBC commentators, and I do not like them even more after hearing Mike Milbury's comments last night. So the Capitals are playing right now as we're recording this, and they're playing against the Penguins. They're 0-1 in the series so far against the Penguins. And as of right now, the game is tied 1-1. Oh, Okay. So we watched the first period just a little bit ago, and it was 0-0. They, they were getting pucks to the net. They were getting action up there. They were getting bodies in the paint. But I guess now they scored a goal apiece. So they are 1-1. One and, one. and JT, do you think the Capitals will tie the series tonight? They have to. They have to tie they, the series. Well, I know, but you have to put the bias aside. All right, well, look, Do you think they will the tie Caps, the series? Look, if the Caps go down... Let me just put it simply to you, Dylan. Okay. If the Capitals go down 2-0 in this series, uh-huh. the Caps are 1-5 overall when they're down 2-0 in the series in their playoff history. Ugh, okay? That's The awful. Penguins are like... I don't know... Like eight and one or something like that when they have a two zero series lead, something like that. So, the the Penguins, if they're up two zero, it's going to be an uphill battle for the, the Capitals. And Washington, look, game one, I said it was a typical Capital series. First period we did good, didn't give up any goals. Second period we fell asleep. Crosby scored two goals in like two minutes. Two nothing. Had to claw to get back in the game. Ovechkin got a goal, 2-1. And then Kuznetsov got a second goal to tie the game. And you're thinking, all right, Capitals, we're, we're back in this game. It's a third period. We're, we're going to try to get one more goal to win the game. And then next you know, as Dan Rankin tells me, there's that man again. Benino, 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 Benino. <laughs> Scores that goal, and I'm like sitting there like, there go that man again. Uh, so, because Benino's the guy who knocks out of the playoffs in game six in that 
overtime game last year against the Capitals. Yeah. So the Penguins, you know, they're quick. And Washington's going to come up with a plan. Barry Trotz, your boy, with the, who's with the Preds. Oh, yes. You know, he's going to figure out a way to slow him down. And if we can come up with that, I mean, we'll see. But as of right now, I'm just checking the stats real quick. So Matt Cullen scored the goal for Pittsburgh. And then Matt Niskanen, who's a former Penguin, Scored for the Capitals. Oh, look at that. But Ovechkin did get an assist. So at least Ovechkin has showed up in his playoffs. He's getting something happening. Something is going on with Ovechkin on the ice now. He gets the blame with no matter if we win or lose. He does. Just like the quarterback. Win or lose, you get the blame. Exactly. You get too much credit, you win. He's the face, of the, he's the face of the team. That's why. Oh, I know. The face of the team always gets the bad rap. It happens every every in every sport. It happens. Basketball, football, baseball, hockey. Every sport, it happens. No, definitely, definitely. But no, I, I, the best case scenario for the Capitals, we tie this series, go to Pittsburgh one-one, and then we try to still win out of Pittsburgh. I personally think it's going to go at least seven games. And the well, Cap- it has to, not at least it will go seven games. Well, we thought it was going to go seven games last year, Dylan. It went six games. Do you think it's going to go eight games or nine games? No, no, it's going to go seven. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, we're going seven games. Okay, but. Home ice doesn't seem to matter much for the Capitals because we just haven't done well. We've we crumbled well in Game 7, and the Penguins, they've had our number. Eight out of the last nine times we played them in the playoffs, we've lost to Pittsburgh. The last time we beat them was 1994. Well, hopefully they curb that statistic this year, playing the Penguins. Hopefully they can go to Pittsburgh with at least a tied series, and we'll see if that happens later this af- later this evening. On to the Rangers and Senators, the pretty much the series we don't really care about. But, I mean, I guess you could care about <laughs> it because you're <laughs> that might be a potential matchup for you, either the Rangers or the Senators playing up against the Capitals, if the Capitals move on to the next round. So, I guess you have more of a an interest in this series than I do. Well, the, the Senators have done very impressive since Guy Boucher took over as their coach, he's he's done very well with that team. And the Rangers, they were up. I was surprised the Senators came back and won this game because last I checked, they were up like 4-2. to two. Then the Senators tied the game. Then it went to OT 5-5. Double so, OT. So 10, game, 10 goals total. And then it went to double overtime. And Jean-Gabriel Pago, I think, I hope that I said that right, he scored the game-winning goal <laughs> it's French for the Senators. <clears throat> to give them a 2-0 lead. Now, I think the Raiders will tie the series at MSG. MSG is a tough place to play. So, there's a reason why I call it the Garden. So, yes. they're going to... I think the Rangers will tie the series, and then we'll see what happens. So, we're going to do a quick recap of the NBA playoffs now. Um, looking at the... They're still in the first round, by the way. They're still in the first round. Yes, they're still in the first round. But we can look at the other series that have ended so far. So Boston beat Chicago. With, okay, you can start with the East. I'll start with the East. I'm yeah. sorry. I'll start with the East. Yeah, go right So, ahead. Boston beat Chicago 4-2 in the series. Washington beat Atlanta 4-2 in the series. Toronto beat Milwaukee 4-2 in the series. And Cleveland beat Indian Indiana 4-0 in the series. And over to the Wild Wild Western Conference. The Golden State Warriors, no surprise, they swept the feet off the Portland Trailblazers. So they're well rested. The LA Clippers, who we were really surprised, have been struggling against the Utah Jazz. And the Clippers had to get a late one from Chris Paul last night to force a Game 7. So Game 7 for them will be tomorrow at 3.30 Eastern Time. And this might be the last game you see Blake Griffin in a Clippers uniform as well. We'll talk about later, Dylan, Yes. in our listeners' questions. Because I actually did get a question about that. Oh, there you go. In the other series, we have the Houston Rockets. The other Dylan's favorite team. They beat the Oklahoma City Thunder four games to one. And, of course, my San Antonio Spurs defeated the Memphis Grizzlies four games to two. We won last night. Dust Spurs. Dust Spurs. That's new. So we know we will be playing the Houston Rockets in the next round of the playoffs. Golden State will be taking on the winner between the Clippers and the Jazz. So as of now, there are no upset specials at all. All the higher seeds won. Yep. 
Except for this Clippers Jazz series. That could be an upset. That could be an upset tomorrow. That may not just be an upset, but could pretty much kiss all the Clippers goodbye. Chris Paul, J.J. Redick, Blake Griffin, Andre Jordan. Yeah. Well, shout out to my friend uh, Kevin Murphy. He used to be with the Tennessee Tech Golden Eagles basketball team. He used to play for the Utah Jazz. He got drafted by the Utah Jazz, actually. Oh, really? He doesn't play for the Jazz anymore, but he got drafted by them a while back. So, shout out to Kevin. Hopefully, he's doing well finding a home in the NBA. So, one of the big stories that's coming out of the NBA Finals, just the league in general, really, Larry Bird is stepping down as the Pacers president. He served as president all but one season, which was the 2011-2012 season, since 2003. He'll remain as a consultant to the team, and GM Kevin Pritchard will take over basketball operations. So, JT, my question to you is, was Larry Bird the problem in Indiana? Or did he just want to avoid the looming decision on Paul George? Well, I think DeAndre scored, Jordan, excuse me, why I said Andre. But anyway, to answer your question, I think Larry Bird decided to step down just because I felt he was just exhausted. You know, he's 60 years old. He's He's been with her for a long time with uh, the Patriots. Remember, he was a coach before he decided to go up to the office role for the team. And I know the hot drama's been about Paul George and what's going to happen with him. And I just think he doesn't want to kind of be the decision maker. You know, Paul George wants to go. Excuse me. Uh, just let him go. And he, you know, the Pacers, they, they've kind of run their course. You know, last couple seasons, they barely made the playoffs. And I've gotten knocked out the first round each time. Yeah. So ever since Paul George got injured, that was the big that was a big turning point in the Pacers organization. And the Pacers, you know, I know it's a small market up in Indianapolis, but it's not. They've been having trouble, you know, trying to keep their players around, the role players. And you know, the NBA when stars leave, they all think big markets like L.A., Dallas, Miami, New York, Chicago, yeah. places like that. Yeah. And you, but you saw during this playoff series against the Cleveland. Cleveland Cavaliers, he had this look of disdain on his face the entire series. Sure there did. were memes all over the internet <laughs> showing him as if he's saying, what are you guys doing? Like, why am I here still? Why am I watching this team crumble before my eyes? Do you think he stepped down just because he felt like he just couldn't live up to the potential of a good president of operations? So he decided to let somebody else get in his place instead to possibly see his franchise get back to where it used to be? I believe so. Sometimes, you know, you just get burned out. And like I said, if he felt that the time was now to go, he decided, you know, you get a younger guy to uh, to get in there and try to bring in some young pieces to make the Indiana Pacers, you know, relevant again. And that's what's more important. You got to think about the future sometimes. Definitely. And the Spurs and the Grizzlies playoff run – who has the advantage in the Spurs-Rockets rivalry? And will the Rockets be able to slow down the Spurs' momentum this season? Hmm. I know your answers to this question, but I just want to hear it. I just want to hear what your what your logic behind these answers are. Well, the Rockets are going to be... Uh... <coughs> Excuse me. The Rockets are going to be uh, a tough series uh, for us. The Rockets... I mean, I know the Spurs are listed as the favorites right now, but James Harden, he's averaged 29 points in this playoffs. And my boy, Kawhi Leonard, he's averaged about 25 points per game. So it's going to be a very competitive series. It's going to go six or seven games. The Spurs, we've been kind of an older team, and that's why we've been kind of letting players like Tim Duncan, you know, retire. You know, Manny Ginobili, he's still got it. Tony Parker still hanging in there, and it's, it's all about Kawhi. And Pau Gasol, he's still in the league playing. So, and the Spurs can somehow slow the Rockets down because they're quick, and they can shoot threes from all over the place. Beverly, Nene's there. Of course, you can't forget about James Harden. Ariza, man, the, the, the Rockets certainly will not make it easy for us. But I think if we can shut down James Harden, we definitely got a shot. And we know who we're going to probably play if we beat Houston. Steph Curry. And Kevin Durant and Tristan, not Tristan. Is it Tristan Thompson? Is he with uh, Tristan Thompson, right? I think. 
Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. Why is Tristan Thompson with the Cavs? Yeah, with the Cavs. Getting all my players mixed with that. He, he's he's in the one series out there. So yeah, and Tristan Thompson's out. There. Tristan Thompson is out there, but it's Clay, Clay Thompson. Thompson. Yes, that's what I was thinking of. My bad. The Splash Bros. Yes, but we'll be playing the Golden State Warriors in the third round. So we'll see what happens. Speaking of uh, other series, what about the who you think about the Toronto Raptors, Canada's only team right now, and the Cavaliers? In that series, how do you think that's going to play out? I think Cleveland's going to sweep them. You think so? I think so. I mean, it's so hard to beat LeBron James in the playoffs. As much as I hate to say it, I do not like LeBron James. I, th- I think I've told everybody that in my lifetime. I say, hello, my name is Dylan James. I do not like LeBron James. <laughs> Every time I meet somebody new. I just don't like him just based on the fact of... I don't know. It's just his personality, his cockiness... I, him comparing himself to Michael Jordan, it just it wears on me. Hey, LeBron James, man. What about Kobe Bryant? Kobe Bryant, man. He's Mr. <laughs> Kobe Bryant, he was on the the Los he's Angeles. He's like the alpha yeah, dog, He man. was the alpha dog over there <laughs> with the Lakers. I, I think he has more of a But more he did win five championships, though. He did. LeBron's got three, right? Three. Two with Miami and one with Cleveland. Yes, three so far. So until he gets to five... Hold off on your conversations about being as good as Kobe Bryant, being as good as Michael Jordan. He's not there yet. And he's kind of like the Peyton Manning of basketball. You know? Because Peyton Manning has all the success in the regular season, and then when he gets to the playoffs, he's not as good. He chokes, usually. Like LeBron, Exactly. <laughs> LeBron has great numbers throughout his career. He's, he's leading in several statistical categories. But he doesn't have the rings like Michael Jordan does, like Kobe Bryant does. So until he gets those rings, until he gets on the same level as Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, just slow your roll, LeBron. Okay? Slow your roll, and we'll talk then. But Cleveland will sweep the Toronto Raptors in that series. That's all it is to it. And we don't have to talk about the other series because Golden State Warriors are going to win that series, whoever it is, either the Clippers or the Jazz. you think the Celtics are going to cruise by the Wizards? That, I don't think so. I think the I think the, the Celtics John are going to have a hard time. Isaiah Thomas? The Celtics are going to have a hard time with, with the Washington Wizards, definitely. They're going to have I a hard so. time in that series. I think it's going to be a fun series to watch. It's going to be the best series in the second round. I don't think the Celtics will play as well as they did in the first round, which, I mean, they really didn't play that well in the first round up until, you know, halfway through the series when they had to play well. But I don't think they can play catch-up with the Washington Wizards. I really, really don't. So it'll be interesting to watch the second round of the NBA Finals. Now, on to JT's favorite topic, soccer. Give us a little uh, El Clasico recap, sir. All right, Dylan. Well, I'm going to call this our football recap of the week so I'm going to start off in Madrid at the Santiago Santiago Bernabeu which is Real Madrid Stadium of course the big match which was this past Sunday was El Clasico between Real Madrid and FC Barcelona can you say that again El Clasico thank you between Real Madrid and FC Barcelona and it was a highly entertaining match a really entertaining game I'm just going to make some quick points it was a really quick game in the first half. And then Lionel Messi, he actually got elbowed in the face by Marcelo in the 21st minute. And his, I'm sure you saw on Twitter, his face was all bloodied and everything. But it was a, still a very competitive match. And then around the 28th minute, 28th minute, excuse me, Casemiro, everyone's favorite Brazilian not named Ronaldinho, scores to give Real Madrid a 1-0 lead. And then five minutes later... In the 33rd minute, Lionel Messi scores to tie the game. Then we're in halftime, 1-1. But before halftime, Gareth Bale, Dylan, did you know Real Madrid, they spent like over $127 million when he was back at Tottenham Hotspur to bring him from Tottenham to Real Madrid? I had no idea. They spent, he was, the, at the time, was the record-breaking uh, transfer until we Manchester United just got Paul Pogba huh. from Juventus. No idea. So... He got injured in the 38th minute. He had a calf injury. And this is apparently his 17th career injury with Real Madrid. So I have to say that $127 million they spent 
Hasn't worked out for him for a that guy. So I think it's a very strong possibility he's going to get sold at the end of this season. So anyway, halftime 1-1 between Real Madrid and Barcelona. In the second half, this is when all the fireworks start happening. So everything was running smooth. And then in the 73rd minute, Rakitic hits a sick left-footed shot in the 73rd minute to give FC Barcelona a 2-1 lead over Real Madrid. And all the Real Madrid fans are thinking, oh, it's over, heads down, all that. But as my friend Lee Quartz says, not so fast, my friend. And then Sergio Ramos, of all things, goes stud tackle on Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi can't get a break. First he gets elbow in the face, and then you got a guy who wants to take your legs out? They want to take him out, man. So Sergio Ramos goes out there, he takes him out, two legs, that doesn't touch the ball, studs up, and the red and the ref shows him a red card. Straight red. So he gets sent off, and as my friend Guillermo would say, goodbye. So we go into the 85th minute where Jaime Rodriguez, everyone's favorite Colombian, he oh. comes off the bench, he scores a goal to tie the game 2-2. So for Real Madrid, a 2-2 draw would have been a stellar result. But remember that guy I talked about earlier? Messi. Oh, here we go. In the 90th minute, late in the match, Jordi Alba Hits across. It goes to Messi. He shoots and he scores. Goal! Goal! Right at the death to score to give Real Madrid, or excuse me, Real Madrid, FC Barcelona a 3 2 lead and a 3 2 victory over their hated rivals, Real Madrid. And the thing I loved about it was after Real, after Messi scored that goal. He took he takes his jersey off and he literally goes to the Real Madrid fans and puts his jersey facing back where it says his name Messi and he's just showing it like shaking it to his <laughs> face and I'm sure the Real Madrid fans were saying a bunch of Spanish expletives and probably the middle <laughs> finger and everything you can think of but he don't care he doesn't care that was his 500th career goal for them so Barcelona gets a big win. And we just checked the results today. They also won the Catalan Derby against Espanyol today. Real Madrid won their game. So both teams are still tied in La Liga first place. But Real Barcelona has the tiebreaker because they won their last game. So Real Madrid still has a game in hand. But if they slip up and they both still finish even on points, FC Barcelona because it's La Liga. Now, Dylan, before we go on to talk about our favorite team, Orlando City, oh, yes. I'm just going to finish up with a couple... European updates. So the other big game was Manchester United against Manchester City in the Manchester derby. But you really didn't miss oh. anything, folks. You didn't miss anything. Look at you it breaking was... out English accents, <laughs> breaking out Spanish accents. Oh. oh my gosh! I'm sure Miriam and Luis would be so proud of me. <laughs> but in this game, it was a uh, you didn't miss anything. Aguero hit the post. Rashford couldn't put anything in the net, and uh, Claudio Bravo had to get off because he was injured and you, there was just nothing left and it finished nil-nil. So both teams got a draw at the end. Not a bad result. And we'll have to see if Manchester United can get fourth place or they're going to have to win the Europa League. And just to finish up on England real quick, just to rock out the Premier League results. The big one was Sunderland losing today to Bournemouth 1-0 to Bournemouth beat Sunderland. So that means Sunderland is going to get relegated to the championship. Hmm. And with Newcastle moving up, that means, well, there's going to be no rivalry between those two teams next season. Now, Dylan, we're going to go ahead and transfer to Orlando City real quick, just to give you an update. They won their game today. They did. They won they did. their game at home today. 2-0 victory over the Colorado Rapids. No, Tim Howard was not at that game. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the last game he was actually suspended for, though, which he's still upset about, but he was suspended it didn't matter for us, though. I think we were still going to win that game anyway because the one, the only, Kaká came back. Yes, Kaká came back in this game, and boy, he had a good game today. Rivas got the first goal around the 77th minute, and then Kaká gets the second goal late in the 90th minute to clinch Orlando City a 2-0 win over Colorado Rapids, and we are now 6-1, six, six wins and one loss, and we're still undefeated at home. So, good job, guys. Good job. 
So can the Lions still continue their success? Another the biggest question going into this game was that if Kaká comes back, will we still be able to mesh as a team, bringing on this guy that hasn't played several games with Orlando City this season? I mean, he's been out the entire season, correct? Well, not the entire season. He's missed about four to six weeks. Okay, four to six weeks, but still he's missed a, a while. So they were hoping that they, he would mesh with the team, but it looked like today he had no problem meshing with the team and providing some offense for the team as well. Definitely, definitely, and I think Orlando City, I mean, we're turning our new stadium into a fortress, and that's good. We're scaring teams, you know, they're shaking, all that, and uh, the support section, they get loud. They get loud that game, and I think Orlando City, if they can keep the pressure at home, we're definitely going to make the playoffs. We're number one in the East right now, number one in the East, and Kaká's doing did good in this game in this comeback. Kyle Laren, he's done very well keeping the pressure up. For us, why Kaká's been out. So, we'll have to see. It's still early, though. We still got May, June, July, August, September, October before we get to the playoff season late October. So, we still got a while. But I think Orlando City is doing really well. Uh, one quick note, Dylan, before we change topics. Just want to give a shout-out to the ladies, Orlando Pride. They had their home opener this past weekend against the Washington Spirit. They got a 1-1 draw. In today's game, they were playing today against North Carolina Courage. They lost 3-1, to one. but I'm sure the ladies will eventually get a turnaround. I wish them good luck next week against FC Kansas City. Is Alex Morgan playing yet? Not the She's moment. not playing she's because she's with the USA national team, correct? No, she's in France. Oh, okay. She's playing for Olympic Lyonnais in France, Okay, and she's there for their European season. They Their, their season ends in May. Oh, so gotcha. So she'll gotcha. be back in June, okay. but that was the reason why the Orlando Pride made the move to get Marta. Marta has been like, I think she won five FIFA World Player of the Year awards, something like that. And she was coming over from Sweden. Okay. That's where she was playing before. Very good. And she's done very well filling in for Alex Morgan. So when we get her back, you have Marta there. I think the ladies will start picking it up and do it very well. Very good. Sounds good. That was great. Great job, JT. Uh, now onto baseball news, minor league baseball news. It's the only baseball news we have this week because it's the most interesting thing in baseball this week. Tim Tebow is having some great success in the minor leagues. In the past six games, he's had three multi-hit games. He's batting a 450 average, batting average. First career triple on Wednesday, three for four for the Columbus Fireflies. JT, my question to you is, will Tebow see major league baseball action soon? Wait, what? Um, I'm sorry, man. I was crying because my, my caps are down 3-1 right now. Oh, this is not looking no. Good. But anyway, oh, no. <laughs> as you were saying with Tim Tebow, I have to say I'm very impressed with the way he's played over in single-A ball down there for the Mets. Single, I don't know who their team is right now off the top of my head. It's the Columbus Fireflies. Fireflies. There we go. So, Tim Tebow, he's done really well, and I'm very happy for him. He kind of got shut out of the NFL unfairly. The Jets, when they had him there, we all knew that was all just put butts in seats. That's all it was. So I'm happy he's having a rebirth second career in baseball, and it's working out very well for him. I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I, if he keeps it up, who knows? Maybe by the end of the season, at the end of this year, he might get a call from the pros for the, for the Mets, and he might be out there. There you go. So we have two new segments tonight we're going to be debuting. The first one is going to be Let's Learn Sports with Ryan Dobbs, one of my good friends from the great movie ride um, in our early days with Disney World. And then we're going to have listener questions. So first up is Let's Learn Sports with Ryan Dobbs. So it's time for a brand new segment called Let's Learn Sports. With Ryan Dobbs. And we are joined by the one and only Ryan Dobbs in the studio today. Hello, party people. Ryan's ready for this. I'm so ready, Dylan James. So this is a brand new segment we're bringing on to the show. Um, I don't know how often we'll do this segment. We'll find out. We'll, we'll, we'll find, find out. out. We'll, we'll find out. We'll, if people like it, we'll bring it back. Exactly. I think they're going to love it. Dylan I think James. they're going to love it, too. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. See, we'll see where the cards fall. Yes, you know? exactly. That's a sport. Cards. Yes, it is. Yes. Yes. It is a uh, sport we do not talk about often <laughs> on this show. Not as often as, um, really? Not as often, but we will uh, definitely be talking about that in the future uh, sometime, just for you. Good, just for just me. Just for Ryan Dobbs. Thank you. So, 
what I'm going to do in this segment is we're going to toss some terms over to Ryan Dobbs and we're going to expect him to know what that term is. Now, yeah, obviously, right. he knows some of these terms, but should know. <laughs> I have some hard ones in here, too, that Ryan has never heard in his life, most likely. Most likely not. And it'll just be great to hear what he thinks it is just by hearing the words, what he expects the term to actually be about. Right. So let's just start off. Let's just do it. Go so number one, a touchdown. A touchdown refers to the game of football. Okay. The American version of football. Yes. Where you throw the pigskin, if you will, and someone catches it in the end zone. Yes. And you score six points. Congratulations. You got that first one correct. Woo! Okay. That's so much better than I thought I was going to do, Dylan James. <laughs> I'm already on a roll, guys. You are. You are. You are. Number two, a home run. A home run. Yes, yes. sir. All right. That refers to the sport of baseball, America's pastime, where the hitter will hit a ball and it will go out of the park, if you will, um, propelling the, the hitter to run all three bases and back to home. Okay. So that no one can get the ball back to the plate and they score a home run. That was very good. Yeah. I'm proud so far. That Thank was, you. You got I'm, two of two. I'm proud of myself. Two of two. Uh, so we have uh, three more. These are the more challenging ones. Okay. Okay. You ready for this? No, but I'm ready. All right. The first one is Deek. D-E-K-E. D-E-K-E. Yes. Language what sport of origin, do you think Dylan? It, <laughs> what sport do you think it refers to? Oh my goodness. That is that's such a broad word. It's not I, I didn't even realize it was a word. <laughs> I'm 26 years of age, kids, and I do not know what a deke is. Well, you're going to um, find out today. <laughs> do I get a hint? Um like what sport it might pertain to? It pertains to hockey. All right. Perfect. <laughs> so it's completely That is out of my league, literally. Yes. Um, let's see. If I had to make a guess about a deke in hockey, I'm gonna go balls or pucks to the wall here and say that uh <laughs> see what I did there? Um, yes, yes. I would say maybe when the person that has the puck is going to get the goal. And the puck hits like in one of like the left or the right hand corners, and it's like a really good shot. But like the goalie was like unable to get it because it was too intense for him. Okay. Because that sounds like a deke sounds really intense to me. It does. It feels like it's going to be an intense interaction between two players. Yeah. Well, that that was a a good try. Okay. Um, a deke is actually pretty much a short word for a decoy. It means that they're faking out the player oh. um, on a pass or on a controlled movement with his stick um, and puck in hand. So you were close. Was I, though? Well, was I, though, Dylan James? Uh, okay, that's we'll, fine. We'll move on to the next one. It's short for decoy, um, though. That's yes, good to know. Yes. I write that down in my sports book. The next term is spoon. I love spoons. <laughs> I love all types of spoons, Dylan James. If this spoon is anything like the spoons that I am typically around mm-hmm. for ice cream and things of that nature, yes. I will love this spoon. Um, a spoon to me sounds like a defensive term. Okay. Continue. Um, I don't know what sport it would be for. Um, I feel like a spoon would be like, you know, like if two people are like – if. Like, you're doing defense, you're getting aggressive with someone, so you're, like, getting, like, right up in their business, like, knocking them over, like, trying to get, you know, to the ball or the field object of your choice. But I feel like it's just, like, some defensive mechanism to fake out the other player. Or maybe they're just already eating ice cream together on the bench, and it's just called spooning. They probably did. (laughs) Um, But actually, this term, spoon, refers to lacrosse. And it is a lacrosse stick. It's a slang That's term literally for what it's a lacrosse called. stick. Mm-hmm. A see, spoon. See, I knew Dylan James. I know that a that a lacrosse player has like a net like object. Oh yeah. Sort of thing that resembles a spoon. So I should I should have thought about it's that. It's okay. Darn you, Ryan. Darn you, Ryan Dobbs. <laughs> um, last but not least, one last one. I'm it's gonna get gonna this be one right. One. This I is gonna be a good it. one. Ooh. What is 
a deuce. <laughs> a deuce. A deuce. Um, well, okay. You know, this is a loaded question, Dylan James. Um, <laughs> a deuce. That does refer... When I say the word deuce, like in the modern sense with the hipsters and mm-hmm. the uh, and the millennials Kids these days. these days, Kids, yes. The youths. The youths. They're always going deuces. So if I go by that, I would say that it's meaning to leave. <laughs> like to leave or to leave with style. <laughs> okay. So I would say maybe a deuce in a sport would be to like... Oh, God, I have no idea. How do I... <laughs> Ryan, your definition doesn't go with anything that I'm thinking in my head. It's fine. Oh, my goodness. Is there a hint I could have? Um, I don't know. Like, 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 what sport does it pertain to? Pertains to tennis. Of course it does. Okay. Wait. Oh, okay. So my dad, backstory, my dad and I used to play tennis sometimes. Okay. okay. And by play tennis, he would take me to, like, the local park, and I would just, like, attempt to hit the ball when he would hit it towards me. Yeah. And it was great fun for him yes. to watch me embarrass myself in public. Yes. But he explained to me tennis terms back then. Was oh. it 11 years ago? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I've slept okay. many a day since then. Okay. Um, A deuce maybe means that... I'm going to say it's when the ball hits twice. So like when like, let's say like my dad hits the ball and then it hits in my area twice. Like it bounces twice okay, before okay. going out of bounds. Yeah. <laughs> then, oh. uh, that would be a deuce. Sure. Final answer, Regis. You get no bonus points for using the word out of bounds, the term out oh, of bounds. I don't get bonus points. Okay. Um, but you're charming. incorrect. <laughs> Um, I assumed I was. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's when in tennis when the score is tied at forty forty, a player must score twice in a row to win the match. Hence the term deuce. So I had the right idea with the Somewhat. two. Somewhat with the, with two, the two. Yes. The yes, first the definition two, yes. of deuces, I was very wrong. Yes. But Having I'm proud like of myself a, for being in the same ballpark, if you will. You got two out of five today. I'm still proud of myself. I would be proud as well. I'm proud of you. You know, I think you expected. I think you expected less of me. To be honest, I could. I could feel it, and I think I did better than you expected. I agree. Do you agree? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Do you agree, viewing audience? I think you do. Yes, you do. Listening audience. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you for listening to Let's Learn Sports with Ryan Dobbs. That's me. Tune in next time when we give Ryan five more terms to describe, and let's see if he falls flat on his face. It's going to be great, guys. It's going to be huge. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, that was Let's Learn Sports with Ryan Dobbs. What do you think, JT? Well, as Dick Vitale would say, that was awesome, baby, with the capital A. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Okay, so now next segment is listener questions. So I'm going to read off some questions. You're going to read off some questions, too. And questions. And then we'll answer them. Ask we'll answer questions. the questions we ask. So I'll ask a question, then I'll answer it, and then you go back and forth. First question is from Dave from Facebook. Dave asks... When your team gets knocked out of the playoffs, what do you do to continue to enjoy the championship run? I root for revenge. Personally, I usually root for the person who beats my team. And I'll give you the reason why. Because if they do go on to win that championship in the playoffs, I can say my team lost to the champions. That's the only reason why we lost in the first place. So I actually root for the team who beat me. There are some sports that I do root for the team playing the team that beat me, but most of the time, I do root for the champion. All right. All right, Dylan. So our next question I have here is from Logan at work. He wants to know, why did the why did the Bears... Mm-hmm get swindled by the 49ers to move up one spot and take a QB that only started 13 games in college. So how I would answer that is, as I mentioned, John Lynch is the GM for the San Francisco 49ers. So I believe what John Lynch did, which was brilliant, by the way, he created basically a false sense of security 
for that number two pick. And we he kind of said for three weeks, we're taking a quarterback. We're taking a quarterback. We're taking a quarterback. So, and we talked about this last week where everyone was rating Mitchell Trubisky so high, and we just didn't understand it because he only played a hand a small sample of games. So, I, be, I do believe, John Lynch, that a lot of teams were going to trade up to number two, whether it was Jets or who knows, the Redskins with the situation with Kirk Cousins, to, to get to number two. So, the Bears balked, and they decided, okay, we'll give up three picks to break the bank and do it. So, I think the Bears, they're taking a huge risk. Huge risk. Huge. <laughs> this this risk is huge. It's it's massive. So, I, I hope for the Bears it, it will work out. You know, you got Mike Glennon. He's going to probably play a few, uh, at least one year. And the Bears want to sit Mitch Trubisky for at least a couple years. I don't know if it's going to work that way, to be honest. Because I think he's going to get in there. Sometime this year, he's going to play a game. So, I don't know. I, I hope that he turns it around and he can win the Bears over, fans over. Because I, like I said, last night, he was at the Bulls game last night. He was at the Bulls game last night when they played the Celtics. And he got booed. Booed. I'm like, he hasn't thrown the ball yet. And you're going to boo him? Wow. But then again, Logan, you are from Philly, so you guys boo everybody. You even boo Santa Claus. Come on, man. Come on, man. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Anyway, next question is from John Cameron. He says, which team got finessed harder? I guess I kind of understand this question after reading the second half. So this is the second half. The Rams last year from the Tennessee draft trade or the Bears this year from the 49ers draft trade (laughs) I think the Rams got finessed harder uh, with the Tennessee draft trade last year. I'm kind of biased, but if you look at the haul the Titans got last season, the Bears, I mean, the 49ers tried with the Bears trade. They tried to be a Titans-esque team. I don't think they made it there. They got several picks out of it, yes, but just remember what picks we got in the trade between the Titans and the Rams last year. The Rams got the first overall pick in 2016, a fourth round pick in 2016, and a sixth round pick in 2016. The Titans, however, got the Rams' first round pick last year, two second round picks in 2016, a third round pick in 2016, a first round pick in 2017, and another third round pick in 2017. So clearly, the Titans definitely had a better haul in that situation than the 49ers did this year. So I would have to say Tennessee had the better the better deal when it comes to ma- major blockbuster deals in the draft the past two years. All right. And then our last question comes from my friend and a former roommate, Michael Trevino. On Facebook, he wants to know, how do you rate the Cleveland Browns draft? So to me personally, I think the Cleveland Browns, we mentioned this earlier, but me and Dylan, we both agree that the Browns had a great draft. So if I had to give him a grade, I would give him a, as Dick Vitale would say, awesome baby with the capital A. Because I think the Browns did really good. I mean, you guys saved your raw peppers. You drafted defensive end and offensive linebackers. You can play both Miles Garrett. And you got tight end David Njaku. You got a quarterback, Deshaun Kaiser. You got defense tackle Larry Onjambi. Cornerback. Howard Wilson, and you got defense tackle Caleb Brantley. So I think the Browns really did solid in this draft. Like you mentioned, they nailed each pick for each need they have. And remember, they have 12 picks for next year, and they can still trade those for assets or younger players that they can get to rebuild that team. So Cleveland fans, look, the Cavaliers did it. The Indians are, I know they came up short in the World Series last year, but at least they're relevant. They're doing good. Now it's the Browns' turn. Come on, Browns. You can do it. Very good. Very good. So, ending the show tonight, we're going to do final thoughts. JT, what are your final thoughts? Well, last week, I did my final thoughts on soccer, or football, as we call it. But today, I want to talk about somebody who's, of course, you've heard has been in the news as of late, who had to take a, had to take a break because she was suspended 
for about 15 months for taking a banned substance. So she was gone for 15 months. And recently, she's made her comeback on the tennis court. You don't know what I'm talking about. It's Maria Sharapova. Now, Maria Sharapova returned to the tournament in Germany in Stuttgart. Uh, she did very well in her first match. It was a wild card spot that she took. And she beat in 7-5 and 6-3 sets. She won against the Italian Roberta Vinci. So she did very well in her first match. And there was a lot of controversy, Dylan, because a lot of tennis players felt she shouldn't get a wild card spot. She should start from a low rank and work her way up there. And I can understand where they're coming from, especially when you took a bad substance. I mean, they're going to think you're cheating. Now, I want to go far like what Eugenie Bouchard did. She literally came out and said, Maria Sharapova should be banned for life. She should not be playing at all. Now, I want to give people a reminder. Look, guys, we, we've we seen in sports that we like to give people second chances. Look at Alex Rodriguez. He took steroids, right? And he was suspended for, what, a year? He missed an entire year, and he came back. Uh, we've seen plenty of players, you know, like, like well, Tim Tebow, he's making a comeback after not working out football. And, you know, Tiger Woods, I know he's still trying to make his rebound. But the point I'm making is, is that, Yes, Maria Sharapova made a mistake. She made it, and she served her time. Let's remember that first. She did her time. She didn't try to appeal her suspension or whatnot. She served her time for 15 months, and she came back, and she did well in her first match. Now, today, Maria Sharapova was in the semifinals for her tournament in Germany. Uh, she did lose in this match, 3-6, 7-5, 6-4 sets to, I hope I get this lady's name right, Christina Madenovic, that's who she lost to in today's match. And she oh, said yeah. she wasn't happy. Uh, she said she's not angry that she lost the match. She said she, quote, I have loved to have used the opportunity when I had to get a second set. And, you know, she felt she gained confidence and played very well. So I wish Maria Sharapova the best of luck. And we got to have something to watch, guys, because Serena Williams, she got a baby now. So yeah, she got a baby yeah. on the way, so she's gonna be out for a while. So hoping Maria Sharapova, Sharapova, excuse me, will at least keep it entertained, and we'll have to watch her and, and see what happens. Definitely. So my final thoughts are for Kevin Fiala. He actually fractured his left femur in the game one of the second round against St. Louis. So Kevin, I hope you get well soon with your left femur fracture. And I think he will be coming, bouncing back pretty soon. I mean, I think it's a four to six month recovery time for a fractured femur. But we're all rooting for you to come back, buddy. And I know the team will be playing very well against St. Louis because of you. And we'll be doing it for Kevin Fiala in the second round. I predict we will go to a game six in this series. And the Predators will seal the victory in game six. Moving on to the third round. The furthest we've gone in the Stanley Cup playoffs in franchise history. So that ends up the show tonight, everybody. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter. We have OOB Podcast is our Twitter handle. You can follow us on Facebook now, too. We have a new Facebook page, Out of Bounds with Dylan James. We also have it on iTunes. We have it on SoundCloud. And we are going to be getting it on Google Play pretty soon. I have the, the podcast in review right now. So you might be listening to us on Google Play right now. It might be approved. Who knows? So follow us there. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Dylan underscore James on Facebook as well. Dylan James. JT, what are your handles? Well, all my listeners out there, you can follow me on Twitter at JTSaka88. That's at JTSOCKA88. I'm also, you can reach me by email at JT at outofboundspodcast.com and I'm also on Facebook under Joshua Taylor and you can also reach out to me on my personal blog it's called jtthesportsguy.com you can also follow our brand new website outofboundspodcast.com email me at dylan at outofboundspodcast.com feel free to send us your thoughts on the show feel free to send us some questions too we'll be having listener questions every week And hopefully every once in a while we'll have Ryan Dobbs come back for Let's Learn Sports. Give us your comments on that too. We want to know what you guys are thinking of the show. Give us your feedback and we will definitely make this show 
better for you every single week. Thanks again for listening to us, and we'll see you next week. And Dale Earnhardt, please enjoy your retirement. 